Channeling vests that he created is expressive and its path is intensive. Through vandal secrets locked away with speaker divinity. So heed any threat you speak of, which makes me no deep beneath me. So understand, I may be underestimated, but that's through the ignorance of our plans. With even my flaws, good luck of reaching my jaw. I feel this should be specified, this lightning when I moved on. So yes, to answer all your questions, Michael Sue's still raw. I rise a thousand times from my fire breaking each fall code. It's in bold writing, I'm sure you're asking just what I mean. Essentially, I'll save it, it's too pristine. Probably you know it isn't pleasant, but take solace in all of it. A certainty is confident, clean of bliss. Rise, grind, gush, and walls, beats, and flows. All I know is the life that I chose. First, the home, then the world. Rise, grind, gush, and walls, beats, and flows. All I know is the life that I chose. First, the home, then the world. Forget my conduct, a mirroring a construct. This soul is live and preaching whose existence is beyond love. Despite it claims attention, none of them get a mention. The fragile egos getting them all spotted by an invention of vibrant spaces. Well aware of what taste is. Exquisite summer alley with no palate for basic. Most people weren't grateful, so I'm no longer gracious. Here's a warning in advance to display our sensations. The leader of the new breed of renaissance. Systematically a hunting battle and you'll learn when it's actually lost Divinity disguised by my bronze flesh You're welcome to test The son of all, see the setting of Gilgamesh This isn't chapter one, it's a prologue Actually no, match with a flow It's an ominous thing for The part before the indication in for it now Death, freedom, sacrifice, they tune to see where and how Rise, rise, cuss and woes Beats and flows All I know is the life that I chose first the home, then the world. Rise, grind, cuss and woes, beats and flow. All I know is the life that I chose first the home, then the world.
bright young girl in her backward home struggles to get through the day condemned outright by her parents hate because she doesn't live their way they sent her off to her torture camp who said her love was just a choice she suffered their abuse and ignorance until she had to quiet the noise let's stand against fear and make our voices heard love conquers hate Musician, how would you like to have your songs played on hundreds of radio stations just like the one you're listening to right now? Join MusicSubmit.com and we'll promote your music to radio stations and blogs in your genre. It's free to set up your account and we guarantee your music will be considered for airplay by radio stations worldwide. Why not sign up today? It's free. MusicSubmit.com, radio promotion for indie musicians.
This is G.E. Shaw, and this is S.I.M.E. Mixar Radio 24-7, featuring the evening hour with Ronnie Deshay, the artist of the corner. <laughs> and this is Leaving the City by Animus Numinous. What's up, Ronnie? How are things going today? Pretty good, actually. So what we got on the docket today? Anything you got coming up? Anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> Anything interesting? <laughs> yeah, I figured that, that laugh of yours. Actually, I, you know, I, I don't have all that much that I'm aware of at this exact moment. Um, I haven't watched the news today, so I'm not sure what's going on out there in the world. Yeah, no, it's going on in the world. What are you talking about? Everything's going on in the world. We woke up this morning, I was still alive. That's the thing for me. <laughs> well, there is that. There is definitely that. <clears throat> but I have not been on my news oh, thing today. Baby. I've been trying to get some other stuff done, so I was bad. Trying to get myself situated here. So, what we do got going on, for people who are interested, the NBA Finals are on tonight. Game three of the best of seven, Warriors, Cavs. Um, Don't have uh, recent updates yet, but when they come in, I will definitely let you know. Cool. Outside of that, we got Mr. Trump making noise again today. Uh, what did he do this time? Uh, and we got a young man from ICE, uh, which stands for the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, who was who was involved with arrests. I'm thinking it must have been last night or Friday. But whatever the case may be, he was an immigrant. Um, Actually, according to the news, he was supposed to have been um, adjudicated, basically ready for deportation back in 2010, they say. Wow. Somehow, he managed to skip through all that. Um, probably one of the reasons because he's married to an American. Uh, his wife, his spouse, is American. They have two kids. Never caused any problems, from what I'm saying. Never been on no radar nowhere. Uh, weird thing about it, um, he was delivering pizza oh. to a military well, base. See, that's a crime right there. <laughs> <laughs> he was delivering pizza to the military base. So I guess, if you want to look at it from that point, I guess the pizza got him arrested. Uh, it's weird, though, because... The 
uh, the individual that he normally delivered these pizza to, they know him pretty well. The sergeant knows him pretty well. They talk all the time. So I don't know what actually determined them to detain him. Um, it doesn't really go on in the, in the details on that. At least I don't see it right now. I'm still reading, still going through some things. But we do know that he was detained by a security guard and held over. And that's when they found out about the deportation. He was scheduled for deportation back in 2010. So he managed to make it through eight years avoiding deportation, which is kind of one of those type of things where he has a family, two daughters. They're Americans, evidently. I mean, he's married to an American lady. And he had already originally had applied for the green card. So I don't really know what that's really all about because it was not like he was, <laughs> it was not like he's really hiding. I mean, forgot, for goodness, the guy delivering pizzas on a military base, that doesn't really sound like to me he's trying to hide who he is. Correct. You know, so I don't know what prompted them to arrest him. It's making news, though, all over the place. Um, he's being interviewed. This is by CB, uh, CBS interviewing him already. So I'm pretty sure he's going to get some more um, headlines before all this is over with. Um, the New York Immigration Commission also issued a statement saying it is absolutely disgusting when the strongest military in the world punches down by going after a pizza delivery man. This is interesting. This is stated by the New York Immigration Commission that made this statement. So, I really don't know what's going on. I mean, the sergeant knows him and the person that actually went after the delivery guy was a guard, security guard. So, what do you think about that? I know what I'm going to say about it, but uh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this one. So, um, you know, I, I thought that if you <clears throat> were in this country, um, and I guess maybe I've never had to deal with this myself, so maybe I'm mistaken on some of this. I don't understand it. Maybe it's if you're here on a visa or something, but if you marry an American citizen, then you are allowed to stay in this country. Maybe that doesn't hold true for undocumented um, aliens. I don't know. Well, um, I, yeah. And first of all, he was undocumented at the time. But if he's married, there has to be some type of documentation to that fact. Well, now, that's the thing. I don't know if an undocumented alien who marries a um, who marries an American citizen, I don't know if that grants you citizenship since you were not here legally in the first place. I don't know. If that's the case then that could possibly be where part of this is coming from. But my other question is, if you're here illegally, how do you get the, because um, I'm assuming even to deliver pizzas, you, I mean, I've, I've done my, my share of fast food before. Even if you're delivering pizzas, I would assume you still have to fill out an application to work there. You have to provide 
a, a driver's license or some sort of ID card, and you have to have a social security number. Every job that was above board that I've ever applied for, I had to have a social security number. Well, I can um, get, go on. I'll tell you a little bit. Well, I, I was just going to say, I don't know if you could, I mean, can you, I'm assuming you can get a social security number if you're undocumented because of Well, let's put it away. There's ways to get undocumented social security cards. There's also ways to be undocumented but still get a normal, um, as we would say, paycheck. But that's for a different day because that would get me into some serious trouble discussing this right now. So I'm going to leave that alone and we'll discuss that at a future time. Um, one of the other things is though that's really curious about this is the paper does report he and his wife, American citizen, had two young daughters and he already applied for a green card. So see, here's the thing, uh, for what I know, and unless things have changed and then if, if it did and people out there listening, they can call in and let me know. Uh, if you're married, it doesn't grant you citizenship. But what it does, it grants you the process to apply for a green card to become a citizen. Okay. So, it just depends on how this occurred, what happened. Because um, there's layers and layers of stuff going on here. Uh, just the fact that the um, sergeant, whoever was on that base, knew the guy. So, it's not like he's never been there before. So, it comes back to, like I said before, um, and I agree with, and this, now this is not me, this is what the New York Immigration Commission is saying. So, I really don't know what prompted him to detain him, pull him over to see whether he had a green card or a right to work in this country or whatever. Uh, normally, <laughs> here's a, this is the process usually where it usually happens. They'll call it in. They'll come to the gate. They'll have their little idea where, you know, pizza and all, all that stuff. They'll call into the facility and talk to whoever might have ordered that pizza. So, if they did all that and, they, and he followed those procedures, he should have been able to clear and come in. So, I don't know whether or not he went through that. It's not, they're not saying that right now. Of course, they wouldn't say it right now because it's still being investigated. It's still going on, ongoing process. But when the New York Immigration Department comes out and makes and issues a statement saying that they was absolutely disgusting when the strongest military in the world punches down by going after a pizza delivery man, it makes me think that there's some other things going on. And that's something I'm not going to really indulging more until I figure out some other stuff that's going on. And we'll talk about that at a different time. But I just thought you ought to know about that. I thought it came across the feed and I was like, okay, that sounds like something interesting. So it makes me... <laughs> it says here, um, I'm kind of looking at it, it says here that they sent him to the visitor control center to get a daily pass and it says that anybody who's a visitor has to sign a waiver that permits a background check. Okay, so apparently they do that with all visitors. And when they ran the background check, they found out that his um, 
They've okay, got I see it now. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Warrant on file. So that was apparently from going back to 2010. Ten, right. Okay, so because of that, that's why they detained him. And I know there's a lot of different opinions on the whole illegal alien thing, but, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, they're all gangbangers and this and that. I'm not saying that at all. I know there's a lot of them that come to this country to get some sort of a decent life. I won't even go as far as to say better necessarily. I'll just say decent because for a lot of them, you know, where they are coming from is so bad that anything has to be better. So they come here and I get that. But the thing is, if you're here illegally, it doesn't matter how well behaved you are, you're still here illegally. And so technically the government has every right to sit you down and say, guess what, you're not going to be here anymore. Well, okay, you know? I understand that. But see, here's the two things I don't, I have a problem with. The biggest complaint right now, and I'm looking right at the last part of it, is coming from the New York Immigration Commission, who controls a lot of what's going on in that particular area. Okay, it's their, it's their department's they control who goes in, who goes where, and everything else, and who's going to be deported. So I understand that part. I understand what you said. But it comes down to, was he married before the deported, uh, before the uh, judgment for deportation? Or did this come about after the fact? Because if he was married prior to that, I don't see how that kind of fell through the system. I mean, you're talking about eight years. Right. So, something got miscommunicated or got, um, went through and missed somewhere because you can, look, as soon as you get married, it's, it's a document, okay, unless you did it illegally, as soon as you get married, the flag is going to go up, simple as that. All right, you're not going to get married and then all of a sudden going to go through the, uh, the process of getting married and all the documents going, you know, where it's supposed to go and going to buy the statistics and everything, and no one not know. Okay, it's not going to happen. And let's face it, we know we have a government that can, um, when they want to and choose to, they can find out whatever they need to right then and there. I'm on an assumption, and that's just my opinion, that they knew he was there. They knew he was uh, in the country. They've probably been keeping an eye on him. I would say they have. Um... When you can issue application for a green card, that like that's going to let you know too that this person is undocumented. So I just don't know why this particular time, at this particular moment, all oh, this is going. Well, yeah, I do. We got everything else going on in the country right now, and you got <laughs> uh, the deal where I just read uh, over fifty thousand. Individuals uh, from, I guess, the Mexico or Mexico border was arrested over the, um, and they were making some comment to, okay, trying to get your your border control laws ain't working because fifty thousand people got arrested over the, I guess, the last uh, month or so or six months or whatever the case may be. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and that's one of the reasons I think that this is going on too. I mean, let's face it: if you look, if there's anything that flags. You're going to get pulled over. I mean, they flagging um, any individual that uh, 
catches a plane back and forth to the same place more than one time, they, that comes up under a flag. Ever since 911, ever since Homeland Security, the National Security Act and all that, they flag everybody for everything. I wouldn't be surprised if I have a flag on me. Or you. <laughs> I'm sure I do. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's still my friend, folks. I'm a bad pussycat. <laughs> so, you know, that just, you know, one little tidbit here that just got me going a real bit. I'm like, okay. And then, I don't know if you've seen the, um, one of the latest uh, pictures of Mr. Trump in um, a video that was done. <laughs> and I swear, when I look at Trump, it's like, he reminds me of a little schoolboy, childhood, a school kid. Who knows he's done wrong, and and this, and some of the mannerisms and some of the faces he makes is like, yeah, I get it, but I don't really care, you know. Yeah, that's it. Uh, just some of the things he say and some of the things he do and the way he looks when he's doing it, it just reminds me of a little kid that I'm gonna keep doing this until I see how far I can get, and then I'm gonna do some more, and I really don't care because guess what, I can do it, you know. Um, He's still making these false accusations and you know about the FBI planning a spy and his campaign and all that. And this already came out and suggested the president uh, spread this theory, basically, despite knowing if it was true or not. <laughs> he didn't care. All right, I'm a, this is a theory, and I I don't have nothing to really back it up. But guess what? The FBI is the FBI is also in it to destroy me. It's a conspiracy. So now we got the FBI and the conspiracy theory with him. So, uh, that's just one thing that's going on around the world. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there was a conspiracy against Trump. I mean, let's be real. He's pretty much an idiot. He makes sure that everybody knows he's an idiot. And there's a lot of people that want him gone. So when you have somebody in a position of power that is that way, you know, you kind of sort of have to go behind clothes and meet with like-minded people and plan how you're going to fix this situation, which by, you know, simple definition is now a conspiracy. So I'm sure there is a conspiracy against him. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, you, you're right. That's a theory, and that's what the, uh, uh, the definition of what a conspiracy could be is. You know, like-minded people getting together and trying to take out or overthrow or basically uh, take someone out. And I'm not saying they're wrong, but you but, know, it wouldn't surprise me. But here's the thing: Trump has basically, to me, degraded a lot of stuff that's going on in the noble office of the White House, okay? And I really don't think he cares whether or not he just, he just you know, uh, disrespected the noble office or not. He, he, to me, like I said, he thinks this is his uh, company, his corporation, and he's going to run it as he see fit. Uh, but the problem with all that and saying all that is the fact that who... It's getting hurt, and the bombshells he's leaving behind. Uh, those are the things that's more concerning to me than some of the dumb crap he's doing now. Because 
we know every term, every four-year term, or if he gets re—I hope not—but if he gets reelected again, <laughs> you have to deal with certain policies and policies that are in balance, policies that are already there. And it takes a while for a certain policy to be amended or changed or whatever the case may be. That's just part of the legislature and the judiciary executive type way of doing things, you know, in the cabinet and all that. But the problem is, his bombshells are landing everywhere. There's no target. He's landing bombshells, not in this country, but everywhere else, too. Um, I don't know where I read that at. So I'm not going to, there's something on here, but I got to find it. I guess uh, they were talking about there's how does America look right now as far in the eyes of the world. Oh, here it is. It says, little sign of renewed respect for the U.S. So that right there tells me all I need to know. Um. Our respect as a superpower has not really improved that much. And it used to be a time where we were very renowned, very respected, uh, not only for our power, but for our ability to come to the aid when needed, not to come to the aid when we feel like we want to. So, like I said, we live in some trying times. There's things going on out there that's borderline, I ain't going to say annihilation, but tribulation then. That's be the best word for it right now. Because, hey, I don't know what to expect when I wake up every morning. If I wake up in the morning and I see that the clouds are still out there, the sun's still out there, I know we're still around. I know the world's still living. It's still moving. But you know what? Um... I worry for the future and my daughter's future and everybody else, but hey, that's just what it is. And we shall keep on going. <laughs> because you know, because you know me, I can sit here and really get into a research uh, analytical type conversation for the next two or three or four hours. You know, we, you know, that wouldn't have no problem doing that. I can do that now until tomorrow if we choose to. But there's other things going on too. So we're, we're stop that for a moment or put a hold on that conversation and we'll continue that next week. I'm pretty sure it's going to come back. We'll be back on that topic. We always do. Uh, Trump always, let's face it, a lot of times we say in, you know, journalism and that he's a good bite. Okay? He's always good for some type of comment or some type of report. He's not hiding it, and that's just what he does. So, hey, we shall continue on and see what happens. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting was the lawmakers press Facebook over Chinese dating sharing. Data sharing, my, my bad. Data sharing. The U.S. lawmakers press Facebook over Chinese data sharing. So that's not over with. Uh, Evidently, you know, it's no hidden secret. Though. Um, there's been uh, implications that Facebook uh, has, you know, 
done some data sharing with Chinese, you know, individuals right, right. and everything else. So, I guess that's not over with. I didn't expect it to be over that quickly. Um, I guess Facebook got a lot to answer to still. But, uh, you know, it goes back to the same thing, though. Whatever you're going to put out there, people, I hope that's what you meant it to be out there for. Because... Uh, we live in an age of technology now and networking and uh, virtual reality that whatever you put out there can stay out there. Unless you're really that good of a hacker, you can bring it all in. I'm not. So, like I said, I'm very cautious about what I say. But at the same time, whatever you put out there, make sure that's what you want to be out there. Make sure that's what you want to say. Make sure that's what you... Have substantial evidence to back up. Just make sure it's substantive. Substantive. If it's not, don't do it. But now, right. are, are right. you going to listen to me though? I doubt it. I'm just an old guy talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Um, what we got going on here? Facebook, yeah. Like I said, face criticism Wednesday. Now, here's the thing. Facebook might do one thing though. They might find a way to bridge both the Democrat and the Republican Party because they both going after Facebook. <laughs> so, and that's all the good stuff I'm seeing coming through right now. And I'm, like I said, I'm locking a lot of news. I have news feeds coming from CBS, NBC, CNBC, CNN. I even have them coming from places I never even heard of before. But they are pretty accurate, though. And I usually, before I do all that, I usually at least do a little bit of research and make sure, you know, as accurate as I can of the reports that are coming in. But, you know, you can't keep track of everything that's coming in. Right. So, outside of that, um, have you gotten, um, have y'all found out about what y'all going to do with your son and his poet engagement? His what? Your son. You said he was uh, working on a, um, a book signing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's still, uh, we're still kind of in the planning process, you know, trying to figure out when. And I'm waiting to hear back from um, the printer that I've been talking to about making a paperback copy of my little short story, Perilous Thirst, um, so that I can have that available at the signing. So it, it's still very much in the very, very, very planning stages, but we should have it starting to get nailed down in the next week or so. so I'm really hoping we can make it work at the Black Kettle because I really like that place. They have great food there, for one. <laughs> oh, okay. So now, is this a mother-son type of um, deal you got put together? Well, not really. I mean, it's just, he just published his book. I have books. So we just thought it would be fun to do a book signing together. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, what's the name of his book? Um, it is called um, At the Rainbow's End. And it's a collection of his poetry. At the Rainbow's Inn? Uh-huh. E-N-D, right? E-N-D, yep. Oh, okay. Catchy name. 
Catchy name. Yeah, yeah. Catchy name. And it's 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 kind of uh, it's it's very personal for him because it's a lot about him um, when he was young, trying to identify who he was, who he is. Uh, coming to terms with all of that, you know, as you grow up and you become a person, you kind of got to figure out what kind of a person you're going to be. So, yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a follows along his, you know, his growth process. Well, you know what? Some of us haven't grown up yet to figure out who we're going to be. So that's very true. You know, that's a, to me growing up to me. And it's just my opinion, folks out there. But to me, growing up, it's never um, a stop gap. It's a un, to me, it's an ongoing continue, continuation of evolution. You know, I don't think we never fully grow up. You're right. You know, that's just my opinion. I'm, some people might think that's nuts, but hey, that's just the way I think. Um, well, but it's true. I mean, the whole point of growing, whether you're talking about physically growing or growing age-wise, whatever the case may be, the whole focus of growth is learning and experiencing, and those things never stop till you're at ground. Well, some people will tend to disagree with that fact, you know. Some people think that when you reach a certain apex of life, you don't grow no more. You don't expand. Well, they're kind of stupid then. <laughs> Okay, well, I didn't really mean to go through all that, but uh, um, I didn't mean to implicate anything. Just that's just a statement I made based on what I know and what I see, and from the vision of another poet and writer. Well, but, anybody who can't see that no matter what age you are, you are continuing to learn, to experience, to grow as a human being. Anybody who can't see that, or who thinks that gee, I'm this age or that age, so I don't grow anymore, I don't learn anymore, I don't experience anymore. That's really kind of a dumbass. Okay, well, folks, we are allowed to say those type of words here, okay? Uh, I can't say dumbass? Oh, you said it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bleep you out, so don't worry about it. Uh, but uh, here's the thing. The, re the reason I make these type of statements, and I reason I say that because I have a right to say it, but it's the fact that as you go through a certain maturation of life, you know, uh, Freudian says it, I can go through different so-called, you know, experts of life, you know, sociologists, psychologists, whatever, but, it, you know, you go through all these different, you know, segments of life, evolutions of life, um, and some people take it literally seriously. I mean, that's why you have a lot of, to me, opinion of a lot of seniors out there trying to survive. You know, because once you reach to a, once you reach a certain age in life, they feel like that you are not really useful to society anymore. I mean, come on. Uh, that's a different thing, though. I mean, I absolutely understand thinking. I'm, you know, I'm seventy. I'm seventy-five. I'm eighty. I can't really contribute anymore. I absolutely understand the people who feel that way, um, because that is kind of what society tells us. You know, I mean, contrary to what a lot of people want to think, we are a very ageist society. Well, and not only that. And when get past the point, you know, they're just kind of treated like they no longer matter. 
But that's not the same as, as thinking that you no longer grow. Yeah, but see, it does though because that same principles work in people who control what's what and what's not. Uh, let's face it, when you talk about growth, you also talk about experience and still living and still contributing. When you reach a certain apex of life, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's true, okay? Because I am a person and an advocate that believes that you, you keep going, your life is a crystal fluid type evolution. And, you know, for people that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, you might, in some segments, lose certain aspects of life. You know, memory might not be as great as tomorrow or yesterday, but your experiences become more fluid. Uh, your wisdom becomes more of the avenue for thinking. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have the memory, but you have more as substituted for the memory and the critical thinking process that only comes with age. So, I just look at things a little bit differently because I've been, uh, I hate to say that, but I've been involved in some of that over the last five or six years. Now, did I not know that already? Yeah, I knew it happened. I knew it existed. But to have come face to face with it, still an earth shattering, you know, um, event. You know, because you don't think it's going to happen to you. But uh, it happens. And you correct what you're saying, but at the same time, it's just where life is. And you have to learn somehow to deal with it and bridge the gaps. One of the things I always thought was kind of um, interesting, when I first went back and picked up my BA and master's, et cetera, et cetera, was the fact that uh, the school I went to to get, finish my BA and everything, I remember them saying bridging gaps, you know, and I used to think, okay, you know, just bridging gaps, you know, between, you know, social issues and things of that nature. But, you know, the more I think about it, it's bridging gaps between everything that's involved in our social landscape, you know, uh, given the fact that there's such a disconnection between us and our younger generation, uh, disconnect between uh, our own cultures and races and ethnicities. I mean, we have all that going on right now. Um, and trying to figure out a way to bridge all these different um, aspects of life. You know, the salad bowl theory. Well, that's what I call it. You know, a lot of people might call it something else. Mixed salad, you know, spaghetti salad, whatever. I still call it salad bowl theory because you throwing culture and necessities, you know, gender, whatever, into this one big smorgasbord of a salad and hoping that you can get something out of it. And it's going to be something great to eat. Or, you know, something great to display, like an artist. But that's just me. The man who looks at the cup as being almost empty anyway. Okay. <laughs> So, what else do we got going on today, people? I don't know yet. I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. There's a new Spider-Man trailer that's up to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse trailer. Confirms an all-star cast. And as long as Marvel or DC keep flipping them out there, we're going to keep going to see them. 
but Marvel has really, right now, I think Marvel is uh, the company, the organization to really look at right now as the front runners because they are they are producing not just movies, okay? Because they produce a lot of them just at an ongoing rate, just like Star Wars is. The only problem with that is right now, Star Wars, I think, has lost their perspective on what they really was all about with John Lucas and you know, the original Star Wars trilogy and all that. Um, I think Marvel has always had a particular process, a particular plan in place. And they are right now, to me, the forefront runners of the new dynasty as far as uh, organizations, movie theaters, movie production, because they're right now spitting them out, and they ain't just spitting them out. They're spitting them out with some pretty good uh, uh, response and some pretty good money coming back in from all these movies they're putting out there right now. So, I got to give Marvel credit. got to give them credit where it's due. I got to give Hollywood, whoever's in there with Marvel, uh and actually, I think Disney is because there was something they were talking about that a couple of days ago I read. I guess Disney and Marvel are basically hand in hand in these Marvel um, movies that are being produced right now. So if that's the case, <laughs> Disney found them a good partner. Marvel found them a good partner. So, yeah. um, and like I said, Spider-Verse trailer is coming out. And that's going to be interesting. It's an all-star cast in this. And I can't wait to see that happen. There's also uh, something we'll probably go back and maybe take a good look at real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But evidently, from what I can see, uh, Jackson, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I'm referring to, uh, really wishes... He'd been in the Black Panther and he couldn't figure out why he wasn't the one <laughs> playing the role. <laughs> you know what? I love Samuel Jackson. To me, he's not only a good actor. I think the guy's underrated as an actor. I think he's a damn good actor. Uh, I think he play a lot of roles. He do it well. But that role, I would, I have to, I don't know. I just can't see Samuel Jackson. And I don't know if he's talking about portraying the Panther or wish he was in the movie as a Panther or producing it or whatever the case was. But he was on Ellen DeGeneres and they were talking about it. And I'm about to go back and play that back and look at that video to see what they're talking about. But though he he did come out and say that he wish he was in the Black Panther movie. Oh. So, interesting. Yes. Interesting, very interesting. So, hey. I would have loved to have seen him in it, but I don't think I would have particularly believed him as the Black Panther himself. Hey, you know what? Samuel Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson has made me believe a lot of things. After seeing him playing a lot of different types of movies, from uh, from being a, in a comic relief type movie to being in a serial killer, as a serial killer in a movie, to playing a serious thriller, drama. Um... Uh, there, uh, the one movie that I when I when it, I can't remember what the heck that was, man. Let me think about it. It's, man, 
Now I can't remember what it is. I, I got the title on, right there on the tip of that tongue, but I just can't remember right now. So next time I uh, see you, I want to talk about it. But um, I don't know whether you've seen the movie, but it was one where he was a he was either a washed up cop that got into some trouble with him, or was a washed up no he was a washed up cop I think because he became a private detective but he wasn't a well known private detective everybody thought he was kind of shady or whatever and he met this uh, I forgot the the female the white people that, that played this dual uh, personality she basically was a spy but took on the personality of her actual character after an accident occurred and make a long story short, they uh, they were like uh, heck on Jekyll, basically. <laughs> you know, one would look at the other like they were crazy, and she was looking at like I don't think you're capable of doing this, and he was looking at like, are you really that crazy? And the whole movie uh, progressed on to the very end where they they created a dynamic relationship at the very end. You know, it's real good friends and everything else, and he was able to help her get back to her family and her kid and so and so and so and so. But I got to find a title, but then I can we can talk about it a little bit more. Cause it's, yeah, it's in, who was in it? You said. Uh, well, Sarah L. Jackson. I just can't remember if I can remember the female's name. It would pop in my head, but I can't remember her in her name. Um, but um, how old of a movie is it? Oh, it it, it goes back a little bit now. We talking more than ten years, but but it's still a damn good movie. Uh-huh. Um. Um, it was during a time period where uh, we was kicking out all these different conspiracy theories and these different uh, movies about, you know, Eagle Eye, The Big Brother Watching You, uh, about Cold War, uh, Cold War spies on both sides, playing both sides of the, you know, of the coin and all that. And, you know, Russian spies, you know, Involved with U.S. spies and all that before we, as, before we the world became of age and realized that that crap actually goes on. Uh-huh. You know, so I got to get that movie because that movie. More I think about it now, I, I'm gonna research that after I get off the air, cause I'm gonna watch it while I'm while I'm going through the uh, the late night uh, radio uh, tonight mix on radio tonight. Uh, I'm going to get that movie, I'm going to sit back, play that movie while I'm sitting there talking to the folks out there and playing some sweet music. But uh, I did just find out something that's absolutely awesome. Did you um, did you see him in The Hitman's Bodyguard? I still have not seen that yet, and I no, still want to see it. See it. I just this very second found out that they are coming out. I knew they would come out with a sequel, but uh, the sequel is the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. <laughs> okay. Now, Creativity. I, I don't know, but okay. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the actress who played his wife. I love her, but I just can't think of her name. But she was an absolute hellion in that movie. So I can absolutely see why she would need a bodyguard. I mean, I almost think it might have been Selma Hayek. I'm not sure. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, what? Who? How, um, is Selma, how is Selma Hayek? How old is she? I yeah. don't know. Well, I, give me an estimated guess. 
Um, I don't know. She's probably in her. Would she be? Uh, is she would. Would she be in her late forties by now? Um. Well, she was. Yeah, she was born in '66. Okay, so she's only like uh, nine years younger than me. So yeah, she has to be somewhere in her late forty, early fifties. Right, and and that was her that was in that movie, Salma Hayek. And, and I she, think she's the one that's in that movie. I'm talking about with um, her and Samuel Jackson's played in quite a few movies together. Okay. So, and I'm thinking she might be the one I'm talking about that was in a movie. Uh, I can find out that um, all I got to do is go pull up. Uh, um, my movie, um, I have all the movie, um, what is it, uh, I, IMB, IDB, whatever you call it, and all the other ones that go yeah. back and tell you about all the different movies that they're played in. I even have that, yes, people, I even have that on my show. We can talk about movies all night long because we have one of the ones that love shopping movies and going to movies all the time. Our, yes, we got a movie expert here too. What can I say? <laughs> but um, I am going to sit back one of these days, probably this weekend, and do some binging on some of these shows, especially on Netflix. Because Netflix, to me, right now, is they would never actually get to a point where they're rival like the three big networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS. But all the other syndicated, uh, you know, news, wire, news um, television networks out there like TNT, uh, what is it? TNT, TBS, all them. Netflix is starting to make 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 some hay there, and they're producing some pretty good series. Uh, Netflix own uh, some good movies, etc. And they're like I said, they generating some uh, serious celebrity um, uh, intake too. Because when you think about it, I tell you about the Obamas going to Netflix. Um, they have picked up some serious celebrities and serious actors and some contracts. So, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Right. So, uh, okay, my daughter who just told me the new Spider-Man looks awesome. And she also goes to check them all out. So, she's a good expert on that too. It has Ooh. who in it? It has, it has mouths this time. Interesting. New, uh, my daughter is telling me that the new Spider-Man looks awesome. She was online, and she was telling me about that. Interesting. <laughs> so I'm going to have to check it out. So now I got you and my daughter. So between you two, hey, I got the movies covered. Yep. My friend John is coming up this weekend, so we will be at the theater all weekend. And what y'all plan on watching all weekend? Any good ones? Um, well, there's there's a lot of them that are coming out this weekend. Um, I mean, they're already out that we're going to be watching. Um, Solo, for one, of course. I haven't seen it yet. Well, I I want to see it, but I'm getting some feedback and some mixed reaction by Solo. According to a lot of people, they say Solo bomb. But you know what? Here's the thing. If you... Or a fan or a fanatic of certain, you know, genres, no matter what. Even though it might be something that bombed, if you love it, you're going to still go see it. You know, that's just the way it is. So, 
I'll have to go see it myself and I'll make a decision when I, I think it bombed. Now, am I going to change the status quo of the population, of the populace? I doubt it, but hey, I'm going to sit there and say what I say. If I think a solo was good, I'm going to say, go solo! But um, that's me. I'm a Star Wars fanatic. I love Star Wars. As am I. Uh, Action Point is out, which I absolutely have to see because I am definitely a Knoxville fan. I never, I'm not familiar with that one. Um, okay. Johnny Knoxville, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with that, yeah. Okay, did you ever see any of his jackass movies? Oh, oh, that, okay, yeah, 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 I have. Okay, so Action Point is basically, he, I guess, has some sort of an amusement park. And oh! Basically, it's it's falling into disrepair, so they basically jury-rig it, and then, you know, but it's kind of the same thing, because I guess they do a lot of the stunts and everything are kind of like jackass, you know, <laughs> and they do it all themselves. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of, you know, hits to the crotch and so on and so forth. Um, anyways, that's out. Um, that movie Adrift is out, which I'm kind of on the fence as to whether or not I want to see it. Well, is there, are there any good, I don't know, um, how would I, are there any good movies out right now dealing with the social climate, you know, things, you know, um, like the movie we saw, I want to see the one you seen, uh, um, uh, Stepping Out, Stepping In, uh, what was that movie, uh, uh, hey, the one with the, 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 the couple, the black guy and and uh, and his wife, the white lady, the white girl. Uh, when it was when he went down there to see his family or whatever, her family. Oh, are you talking about um, getting out? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, get out. Yeah. Yeah, get out. Yeah. No, but I will tell you something mm. that I found out that I'm. I I actually meant to bring this up earlier, uh, and I'm looking at the picture right now, so it put it in my mind. Um. We took my granddaughter to see that movie, Show Dogs, um, over the weekend. Was it any good? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, it was a kid's movie, you know, um, and she's 10, but she, you know, she's got some, you know, attention issues, so I wasn't sure. I've never, I have not spent that much time with her, to be honest, so this was kind of a first time for, for me as well as her, uh, but she was actually very well behaved. She loved the movie. I thought the movie was fantastic, you know, talking dogs, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But apparently this movie is under some pretty heavy fire um, because there is a part in the movie, this dog, he's a police dog, and he goes undercover at this dog show to try to find out who's kidnapping animals, okay? Okay. So he was not familiar with how you are a show dog. This is all new to him. So there, he has a friend who was a show dog at one point in time who's kind of giving him the ropes on how to do this. Now, I don't follow dog shows. It's not my thing. But apparently at some point in time, the judges check to make sure that the males have not been neutered. Can you? Okay. So this dog it has an issue with you know being checked that way. So they're kind of practice him and the, and the cop that he's partnered with. They've got him up on this little stand, and they're kind of practicing 
the, uh, the way that the judges would basically grope the dog so that right. the dog can get used to it. Right. And the other dog is telling him, you know, you just kind of have to deal with it. It's part of being a show dog. Just put your mind someplace else and think of something happy, right? Yeah. So this dog goes on to the dog show. And, you know, I mean, it, to me, it was a hilarious movie. Apparently, this movie is coming under fire now because people believe that that particular scene is telling children that if they are being touched inappropriately by somebody, that they have to stand there and take it, and just they should just put their mind in a happy place and think of something else. Okay, so let me get this straight. The movie show, though, they had that one segment of the movie where they had to practice on how they need to do it because that's what they do to judge the dogs. And right. they're translating that right. into sexual in the windows with kids? Yep. They are saying that this is basically grooming children so that they will be an easier target for pedophiles. <sighs> okay. I, I kind of lost on that one. I don't know how you can... Uh, take one aspect of it, you know, and transfer it into that type of populism thing, and that's, okay, this is how you're going to do this, and you can be grown for a pedophile. That, that, who's making these accusations? Um, apparently, it is, I guess, a group of, uh, I'm going to guess probably predominantly women who are bloggers for some sort of you know, they're basically pro-child, and they blog about, you know, raising children and, you know, things like that. And children bloggers, basically. Okay. have really way too much time on their hands. Well, I mean, I understand, you know, I, I, I blog all the time about social issues, but how do you relate that aspect when you're dealing with dogs and animals, mammals I mean, animals, in comparison to human kids there's no well, comparison I, there's no way you relate not. that i mean and i'll tell you something if there is something i just have this really sick and twisted sense of humor if there is anything that can be made to be dirty i will probably pick up on it um i watched that movie i saw nothing in it whatsoever that set off any type of alarm bells with me okay so here's the thing they do the same now okay this is more about them and their organization, okay? That's what I think it is. Because if that's the case, if they're going to make that poignant type of uh, response uh, and compare that to pedophiles and uh, kids, young kids, adolescents uh, standing there and taking it, then what do they say about animals, uh, horses? Horses, from the time they breed or Brad, for that reason, they go through a whole, the trainers are te taught how to train and how to determine whether or not a certain horse is good for breeding. And they go through the same thing. So you're trying to tell me they managed to take that part of it, you know, dealing with animal dogs, and all the rest of nature is okay. Apparently. You see what, you see what I'm going with that? Oh, so, I do. I do. So. I think if you're going to blog about protecting children, you might be better focusing your attention 
on things like the video game companies that are putting out these incredibly violent all-ages video games that are teaching children who are given video games because their parents don't want to have to deal with them. So here, Johnny, go play your video game. So we're now teaching very young children that, you know, this whole thing of let's kill people on TV and wonder why we have teenagers that are in their schools blowing people away. It just seems to me that there's other things that if they're really all that interested in protecting children, there's other areas that they should be focusing on. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing that we're talking about. That's misdirection and miscommunication and mis... You know, it's a distraction and a detraction, basically. I mean, I we so screwed up right now on what we consider to be important and what we consider not to be important. Okay, and that's been going on for a moment now. It's not something that all of a sudden just you know we just started doing that. We have always picked and choose what the, the status quo considered to be okay. You know the rightful norm and the things that are not the rightful norm. We have always done that as a society. It's just gotten worse. But uh, we will be back. We got five minutes left for this, and we'll be back in five minutes. This is SIME Mixar Radio 24-7. This is the evening hour with Ronnie Deshay. This is Ian Massey Harris and Candy Rose and the best. I'm not where you 
have to smash me down My love has taken its toll Around its cousin to get old I got nothing left to get old And I can't recall the last time I put a smile on your face We'll be back with Chala in a minute. This is G.E. Shaw, and this is S.I.M.E. Mixar Radio 24-7, the evening hour with Ronnie Deshay. So, Ronnie, what we got going on for this weekend? You're going to check out some movies, and you're going to report back. Let me know what's going on, right? I will do that. And anything else going on this weekend? Um... Uh, the Pride is next weekend, right? 
No, I think Olympia Pride is this weekend. No, I mean, um, I think the one in Seattle is the following weekend. Oh, oh, Seattle, yeah, yeah. And then we have the one coming up in July uh, here. We also have the taste coming up this uh, in the next couple of weeks, I think. So we'll talk about that next week, too, and get everybody all set up for the next couple months of summer. It's going to be interesting. And we got my girl here, Ronnie Deshay, and this is G.E. Shaw. And you have a good night, and we'll be back later on with S.I.M.E. Mixar Radio tonight. Until then, have a good evening.
many things wrong. Too many things wrong. The system's so wrong. So wrong. But Saloma would always useful if like this. Imagine we just come up a senseless 12 years war. Usa Ebola come up with camera that we Another sad news what me people die from landslide and flood lord. Come on, girl. 
Let my true fans know be the realest stuff I ever wrote. Up in the studio getting loose, man. Truest this words ever spoke. Show. S-I-M-E Mixar Radio 24-7. We'll be back in 30 minutes with Mixar Radio tonight. This is soul searching. For collision cards missing, ask for others, they tell me Go fishing Wishing for that hand, distance my plans from competition But I collide slide under like they had my number But these back roads home leave the area codes unknown My false belief, a little more happily in apathy Where nothing satisfactory, think less hope, much more practically The shoe fit, bought a matching hat, carried matches That burn bridges, black me against the world, but I attack Attempting to fortify, guess we all born to die physically I'm out soul searching, but pitifully catch misery Cause I want it all instead of letting go with those desires Trying to run through walls not believing i can fly got a job to do but i call in sick like this is life and i'm disturbed with it and go i'm lost in an inner sorrow no matter where i go i can't see a path to follow by tomorrow may consume me i'm so certain feeling hollow so tonight i'm going soul searching 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 Forget it, I can't write no more Something ain't right no more It's like my mind is so bored Ideas are so poor Trying to explore what for Banging on a locked door Critiquing everyone else's goods And got nothing to export Trying to be the best sport But ran into the next court Trying to clog my flow Possibly stop my go Not yet green, right the street Light's still yellow It's a tight squeeze I might need to stay as loose as jello Avoid the collision Attach a hook, hit lakes and keep fishing Heart's frostbitten Cause the frostbite lost sight of my mission Cause I tried, care Tired, got flat, and I used despair. But despite all the distance I covered, I had gone nowhere. It's too cloudy, no fun. Apollo, bring back the sun. Wanna have a picnic with no rain or hail to get lifted? And I would feed you clear cut of the feeling in my mind. But these abstract thoughts seem to be all I can find when I'm, I'm lost in an inner sorrow. No matter where I go, I can't see a path to follow. By tomorrow, may consume me. I'm so certain, feeling hollow. So tonight, I'm going soul searching. So tonight, I'm going soul searching. So tonight I'm going soul searching. So tonight I'm going soul searching. Check it out, Woods. So tonight I'm going soul searching. Blowing steam, lost in the stream of consciousness A lot on my mind, but I seem thoughtless Been disturbed for years, 
struggling to switch gears Trying to steal that treasure Like some broke buccaneers I just can't tell I'm trapped in a shell I made a witch mad as hell She casted a spell And had a black cat Cross my path as well I'm not saved yet Buried Ringing a cracked bell It's tough No fair way Every course is rough To the grass that's green But this is no golf scene The feeling is dominant Leaves a taste like a condiment If only I can let go Desires to be prominent And focus on simple success I can compress Expectations I put on my chest I can't bench press Enough with the rhyming My spirit is dying I'm trying to take a mental trip To Zion And go soul searching Thank you soon enough.